once again, happy Easter. I hope that you are celebrating with your family today, celebrating our risen Savior. And uh, wanted to talk today about what do we deserve. Uh, last week, we started this series and talked about uh, the woman caught in adultery and uh, how she deserved condemnation, but Jesus gave her mercy. And uh, so today on Easter Sunday, uh, we're going to talk about um, two thieves, but we're actually going to relate that to us, that we deserve death, but Jesus gives us life, all right? Jesus gives us life. And so we want to uh, emphasize that today, that uh, all of us deserve death, um, but Jesus, out of his great mercy, has provided uh, life for all of us. The irony is that as Jesus gives us life, he gave it to us through his death, okay? Uh, we are all guilty of breaking God's laws. Now, you may say there's, that's not a real popular opinion today. A lot of people say, well, you know, I, I'm not a sinner. You know, I've never done anything terrible. I've never murdered anybody. I've never done any of these terrible things. And so uh, how, how dare you call me a sinner? But the reality is that we are all guilty of breaking God's laws. And there's two scriptures that talk about that, so I wanted to share those with you. Uh, the first one is James chapter 2, verse 10. It says this, For whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point, he is guilty of all. So basically that's saying that, uh, you know, you can, uh, you can keep all of it and yet stumble in just one point, and you are guilty of all of it, all right? The other scripture on that is Romans 6.23, which says this, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Uh, so we all deserve death, the wages of our sin. That first scripture tells us that if we've stumbled in one point of the law, we're guilty of all of it. The second one tells us that the payment for that sin is death. But the gift of God, and it is a gift. Uh, if you don't get anything else on this Easter Sunday, if you're watching this, it says Jesus died for you on the cross, and it is a gift, but he will not force you to accept that gift. Uh, he is a king, not a beggar, and so he has provided that. He died on the cross for your sins and my sins. Uh, the difference in everybody is have you accepted that free gift or have you not accepted that free gift? And I want to encourage you today, if you've never accepted that free gift, uh, all you have to do is come in humbleness and humility and say, Jesus, I need you. I need uh, that gift of salvation that you provided on the cross. So I told you today we're going to look at the story of the two criminals. Uh, maybe you've studied this before. Maybe you've looked at it about uh, the two thieves uh, hanging on either side of Jesus. But we're going to kind of look at these two guys in depth today. And what I want you to realize is that all of us are one of these two criminals. Uh, you're either criminal uh, thief number one or you're either thief number two. So we're going to look at the difference between these two guys. All right, let's look at the beginning of the story. It's in Luke uh, chapter 23, verses 32 and 33. It says this, that there were also two others, criminals, led with him to be put to death. And when they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left. All right. So let's stop here for just a moment and let's talk about crucifixion. Um, you know, it calls, uh, some versions call these guys criminals. Uh, some call them thieves. Um, uh, a lot of biblical scholars believe that because uh, crucifixion was one of the most expensive ways 
to execute somebody that these guys were probably murderers. Um, this was a crucifixion. There were many ways to execute someone back in these days, but crucifixion was the most expensive and it was the most time consuming. So the only reason they, that they would go to the expense and the time uh, to do crucifixion was if they really wanted to make a point with somebody, if they really wanted to humiliate somebody, if they really wanted to uh, bring shame, and they really wanted to, to make a particular point to the person and to their family, they would go to the time and the expense of crucifixion. So this leads a lot of people to believe that these were more than just thieves and criminals, that these were probably murderers uh, if they would take the time and the expense uh, to bring them to crucifixion. So... Um, uh, another here's another fact about crucifixion. It took four Roman soldiers and one centurion that would be in charge, and it would last several days. So just in manpower alone uh, to pay these four Roman soldiers and the one centurion uh, to be there for several days and oversee things, uh, again, would be why it was so expensive. Um, but the reason, again, that they wanted to do it was it was the most public and humiliating way to execute somebody and to make their point, all right? Uh, they would literally, um, let me just try to give you a description, and this may seem a little graphic, but uh, I believe to really understand Easter, we need to understand exactly what our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ went through. Uh, normally, they would strip you to where you were almost naked so that you would literally bake in the sun because they knew that you'd be out there on that cross for several days. Uh, you would uh, be starving. Uh, you would be um, having thirst, great thirst. You remember that was one of Jesus' last statements was, I thirst, so I don't give you anything to drink. Um, the way that crucifixion works uh, is uh, you're hanging uh, and uh, these nails are nailed into your hands and your feet. Uh, but the way that you're dying is you're literally suffocating to death. The only way your lungs collapse and the way that they hung you on the cross, it would make your lungs collapse. And so uh, you're dying literally by suffocation. And the only way that you could get a breath was to every once in a while to um, the, the nail that was nailed through your feet was to push your body up uh, on uh, with that uh, nail nailed through your feet enough to get a breath and you catch your breath and breathe for a little while and then your body would sag back down it would uh, constrict your lungs where you wouldn't be able to breathe and so it was, it was a terrible terrible way to die suffocating to death uh, literally and uh, then uh, you know they would leave you there for days and so that literally you were starving to death your body was starting to deteriorate and literally uh, that the birds would come and begin to peck on your body. The, the birds would know uh, they were fixing to, to be able to feast on these dead bodies. And so the birds would, would come even before the people were dead and begin to peck on them and begin to, uh, to uh, gnaw at them. Uh, so it was a terrible, terrible way to die. Again, the reason it was done was to publicly humiliate and to make a point. And so uh, this is what, um, what they wanted to do with Jesus, especially. They wanted uh, to publicly humiliate him. Uh, and again, you remember all the things leading to the cross. Uh, they made him carry his own cross uh, to, to the point where he couldn't, and uh, someone else had to pick it up and carry it for him. Uh, they literally flogged him, uh, beat him to where even his own family could not recognize him, uh, beat him to a pulp, uh, literally beat him all around the face, uh, they pulled the hair out of his beard. They spit on him. They called him names. And I've talked about this before. One of the 
things that uh, I think people get wrong about the cross is uh, they think of the cross as being way up. But again, another part of how they publicly humiliated you was uh, that you would be put on the cross, but you would only be just a few inches off the ground because they wanted the people to be able to come by and uh, call you names, spit on you, and uh, to just add to the humiliation, to just add to uh, the shame of the execution uh, because that was their point. And so, um, you know, the bodies would not be way lifted high like it's depicted uh, they would be right down there almost on ground level where people could walk up slap them if they wanted to call them names ridicule them uh, so again just a terrible terrible way to die uh, you know every easter uh, we we try to sit down and watch the passion of the christ and i don't know if if you've ever done that and it's it's a hard movie to watch but uh, they his, historians biblical scholars say uh, even as hard as that is to watch how they crucified Jesus and as tough as that is uh, to, to see that that really doesn't even scratch the surface of really uh, how much pain and suffering that our Lord and Savior went through. And so, uh, you know, I think we need to be reminded sometimes of the great price that was paid for us. And again, as hard as that is to watch uh, at Easter, I feel like uh, during this time of year we need to be reminded of just how terrible it was and just how much, uh, what a high price he paid for us, all right? All right, so uh, let's see it. Uh, let's go on with the story. Uh, Luke chapter 23, verses 39 through 41 says this, Then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, If you are the Christ, then save yourself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing that you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. All right? So here's what we need to understand. We are all one of the two thieves. All right? Every one of us, we are one of the two thieves. Now, thief number one, again, what did he say? He said, uh, hey, if you're really the son of God, why don't you save yourself and save us too? Um, he was just being arrogant. All right? So... Uh, the word that we would use to describe thief number one was he was unrepentant. Repentance means just the, um, the action of turning away, turning the other direction. When I see something wrong in my life, to repent of it means I'm going to take the actions necessary that, Lord, I turn away from that and I want to go the other direction. To literally turn about, do an about face and say, Lord, I want to turn away from that. I repent of that. I repent of my sin. I want to turn away from that, and I want to go the complete opposite direction. Uh, so thief number one, he was unrepentant. Let me give you some other words that would probably describe thief number one. And remember, you're either thief number one or you're thief number two. Um, so see if you fit into this category. Even if you may not think it, maybe we are. Um, thief number one, he had a lot of arrogance. Uh, he was arrogant. He had a lot of pride. He was very prideful. He didn't want to admit that he needed anybody. And even hanging there on a cross, knowing he's going to die, he's being disrespectful to Jesus Christ. He's being prideful, arrogant, saying, I don't need you. You say you're the Son of God, then you save yourself and save us too. Uh, he was critical of Jesus. Uh, he had a sense of entitlement. You know, I don't, I don't need a Savior. Uh, I've got, I, I did everything in my life and everything I've got, uh, you know, that's because of me. And now he's getting, 
he's fixing to see death because of that. But he has no fear of God. He has no fear of God, and so he, he feels like he has no need for a Savior. He says, you know what, all that Jesus stuff, and this is what a lot of people say today, that's all just a crutch. Uh, people who need Jesus, they just need a crutch, and uh, it's not real. And so they have no fear of God. They have no need for it, and, uh, and so that's why they, they are unrepentant, all right? Then let's turn that around. Uh, thief number two, he was repentant. He saw his need for it. Even though he had done some terrible things in his life, evidently, even though he's hanging on that other cross uh, next to Jesus for a reason, um, uh, he, he was the exact opposite of thief number one. Uh, so he was repentant. Let's see. Uh, let's give some other descriptions of him. Uh, number one, thief number two asked thief number one, do you not fear God? All right. So thief number two feared God. He was broken. He was humbled. He realized what he's done is, was wrong. He realized that he'd made a lot of terrible choices in his life. He realized that he was a humbled, broken man. He realized, even as hard as it was to admit, that he was hanging on that cross for a reason. He deserved what he was getting. But he told the first thief, this man does not deserve any of this. Um, he saw his need for forgiveness, and he saw his need for a Savior. And he was desperate. He was desperate for salvation. So what does he do? He, uh, in a moment, he's going to ask Jesus to remember him. You know, it's an unpopular opinion in our day and time that we are all sinners. Uh, if you go and you witness to a lot of people, a lot of times you will get resistance to that. Uh, you know, Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Uh, a lot of people resist that. They say, no, I'm not a sinner. I, I haven't done the terrible thing. Most people have a, a list of what they consider the really terrible things that would keep you out of heaven. And in their mind, they say, well, if I haven't broken those things, <coughs> then I'm good. I'm going to heaven. Uh, I, only the most terrible things will keep you out of heaven. And uh, they're not reading their Bible. They're not reading it. Again, we already quoted the verse that says, uh, if you're guilty of one, you're guilty of all of it. You are a sinner. I got good news and bad news for you today. Part of the bad news is you are a sinner. I am a sinner. We are all sinners in need of a Savior. All right? And here's, uh, here's one thing we all have to recognize. Until you see yourself as a sinner, you won't see a need for a Savior. So many people today, what keeps them from um, asking Christ into their heart. I believe the big word is pride. A lot of people say, uh, I'm not a sinner. I will never admit that I'm a sinner. I will never. I don't need a Savior. I can do everything for myself. And so pride and arrogance is a huge one in our culture today. You see, a lot of people, they say, well, if I admit there's a God, and if I admit that God is in control, then that means that I'm not in control. And I do not want to release that. I don't want to give that up. I will not admit that I'm a sinner. I will not admit that I need a Savior. So many people, what will keep them out of heaven? It won't, it won't be because of any particular sin or anything. It will be because they rejected what Jesus Christ did for them. They rejected that free gift by saying, I don't need it. I don't need a Savior. It would be the same as, again, somebody coming to your birthday party, bringing you a gift, and you're mad at that person, you're angry at that person, or they did something to offend you, and so you say, I don't want your gift. Keep it. Keep it to yourself. 
And so many people um, will will miss heaven uh, because of that. All right. Um, both of the thieves. Here's the thing: whether you're thief number one or whether you're thief number two, here's what we need to understand: both of the thieves were guilty. Both of them were hanging on that cross for a reason. Now Jesus, he wasn't guilty of anything they were accusing him of. Uh, he was dying for our sins. But both of the th- these thieves, they were guilty, and they knew they were guilty. Uh, both of them were physically near Christ the same distance. They're ha- one's hanging on the left, one's hanging on the right. So they're both seeing the same thing. Both uh, have seen and heard what has happened during these fateful six hours that they're hanging on the cross. Both of them were suffering severely. They're all dying a very terrible death. They're all suffocating to death. And so they're there, all dying the same death. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, both were dying, and both needed forgiveness. <coughs> but one recognized his need, and one did not. All right? Here's what we need to understand. The second thief deserved death, but Jesus gave him life. Amen. What an awesome thing. <coughs> Sorry. So let's look at the next scripture. It's uh, Luke 23, verses 42 and 43. And this is talking about the second thief. It says, Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said this to him, and I want you to pay special attention to how Jesus responds to him. Assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. And I emphasize the word today. There wasn't going to be time for this thief to come down off the cross and go do some good works. There wasn't going to be time for this thief to come down off the cross and go get baptized. There was not time for this thief to come down off the cross and walk down an aisle, shake a preacher's hand, sign a card, all those things that that we do today. Uh, The only thing that happened was, was this thief recognized his need for a Savior, and he just said, Lord, remember me. That's about as simple a prayer as you can get. But that's where, again, some people think, well, you know, just praying a prayer and asking Jesus into your heart, that's just too easy. That's just too simple. Well, I, I want to guarantee you this, this is proof right here. Because all this thief had time to do was to look at Jesus, admit he was a sinner, and admit he needed a Savior, and say, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. That was his prayer in total right there. And Jesus responded with him, assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me. So not tomorrow, not next week, not after you can get down off this cross and go do some things and get your life right. Uh, He said, today you shall be with me. Uh, That should give us all a great amount of joy. Uh, That proves, again, it is not anything that we can do. Uh, It is the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Now, in my Bible study, my Wednesday night Bible study the other night, talked about the difference between faith and works. That doesn't mean uh, if if, uh, we have time, then the Lord, uh, our good works is our fruit of our faith, all right? But you're saved by faith, not by works, lest any man should boast. Uh, But our works, that's just the fruit in our lives. That's what others can look at and say, you know what? That person has Jesus Christ living in them. It's the fruit on the tree uh, that makes it obvious, all right? But this thief, he didn't have time for any of that. He just cried out to God, cried out to Jesus, and he said, Lord, remember me. And the Lord did, all right? So uh, let's go to the next set of scripture, uh, Psalm 103.10. And it says this, 
And this is, if you don't have this verse memorized, I would encourage you, everybody needs to have this verse memorized. It says this, that he has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor has he punished us according to our iniquities. Or iniquities, that's uh, just a, a big word for our sins. He has not punished us according to our sins. Uh, we deserve death because of our sin. We deserve death because of uh, that we could not uphold the law. We deserve death, but Jesus remembers us, and he gives us uh, salvation uh, through what he did on the cross for us. Um, I want you to look at this next statement, because I think this is uh, where a lot of people miss the Lord, and they miss salvation. A lot of people, you ask them, hey, if you were to die right now, would you go to heaven if you were to die right now? A lot of people would say the, the most common response I get is, I sure hope so. Well, I would say to you, you don't really have uh, a true salvation if it's in a hope-so salvation. Uh, you need a no-so salvation. Uh, God's Word says this in First John. He says, these things have I written unto you that you may know that you have eternal life. And you say, well, Mark, how can you be so sure? How can you know that you have eternal life? Haven't you messed up since you asked Jesus in your heart? Sure. Uh, haven't you committed a sin since you asked Jesus? Yes. But my salvation is not based on me. It's not based on my performance. It's based upon what Jesus Christ did for me. Uh, so if I accept what he did for me on that cross through faith, that's where my salvation comes from, not by being perfect. Most people think, and the, the reason most people respond with, I sure hope so, is because they think, well, I hope I'm a good enough person to go to heaven. But look at this statement. Good people don't go to heaven. Forgiven people go to heaven. Well, how do I become a forgiven person? You humble yourself and you say, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, remember me. Jesus, I need a Savior. Lord, would you save me? Uh, that's how you get forgiven. You ask the Lord Jesus to forgive you of your sins. We don't go to heaven because we are good. We go to heaven because he is good. He's done all the work. The price has been paid for your sins and my sins on the cross by Jesus Christ. Uh, that ought to make you want to shout. That ought to make you want to say, praise the Lord, because I don't get what I deserve. I deserve hell. I deserve death. But Jesus Christ says, I'm willing to wipe all of that away. I'm willing to cast your sin as far as the east is from the west to be remembered no more. I sent my son to die for you. He was the final sacrifice. His blood covers your sins. All you have to do is humble yourself, admit it, admit that you're a sinner, admit that you cannot save yourself, admit that you need Jesus. Could I tell you today, let your pride down. You need a Savior. I need a Savior. We need the blood of Jesus. We need what Jesus did on that cross. Otherwise, why did he do it? He was either exactly who he said he was, and he was dying on that cross for the reason he said he was, or he was the biggest fool of all. Why would you come and die on a cross? If all of it was not true, why would you take it all the way to the cross and die the most horrible death that you could die? But my friend, he is exactly who he said he was. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the Son of God. He is the, the Lamb that came to take away the sins of the world. And that's why he died on that cross. And today, quit running from him. Quit being prideful. Quit trying to figure it out yourself. And just say, Lord Jesus, I need you. Please, Lord, remember me. I want to come into your kingdom. 
Lord, please save me. I need you. I need a Savior. All right? So uh, remember this from Romans. The, for the wages of your sin is death. Every one of us needs to remember that. For the payment of your sin and my sin is death. That's what we deserve. But, and this is great, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Wow. So uh, I want to give you one more scripture. And it says this, and I love this. Again, this would be a great one for you and all of us to memorize here on Easter Sunday. It says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now let me say this on Easter Sunday, uh, because we've talked about the cross. We've talked about Jesus hanging on that cross. We've talked about the terrible death. But I'm here to tell you what really uh, Easter is all about is not the cross and not the death. It's about that they put him in a tomb and he was physically dead. But three days later, he rose again. He walks out of that tomb and he proves exactly who he said he was. He was the son of God. Death could not hold him. The tomb could not hold him. Again, it ought to make you want to shout, Christian, because he walked out of the grave. Grave, The grave had no hold on him. It could not defeat him. Satan could not defeat him. And the proof of it is not just the cross, but it's the resurrection, and it's him walking out of that tomb uh, for you and for me. So I, I want to tell you this today. Uh, Jesus... Uh, did it all for you. Jesus did it all for me. He came and he endured all of this for you and for me. And I can't think of a better day to say, you know what, I am going to lay my pride down today and I need Jesus. What better way to start a brand new life than on Easter Sunday and say, Lord, I want to resurrect myself. I want to bury the old man and I want to become a new man or a new woman in Jesus Christ. Look at this last slide with me, um, just talking about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. Instead of sitting on a throne where he could have sat, Jesus was hanging on a cross. Instead of wearing a golden crown in heaven, he came down to earth and he wore a crown of thorns for you and me. Instead of being surrounded on that throne in heaven by servants, he was surrounded on a cross by thieves. He was innocent, and he deserved to live, but for us, for me, for you, he was willing to die. I want you to just let the weight of that sink in. For you, for me, he was willing to die. One of the things that I say when I pray to the Lord every day is, Lord, thank you for being willing to leave the glory of heaven. I want you to think about it in this, in this sense. The Lord left his throne, the glory and the beauty and the splendor of heaven, where he was sitting on the throne. He left all of that. He left a perfect place and left where he reigned. And he came 
and became a common man, became flesh and blood, came down to this earth, left all of that to come and suffer and die and let people spit in on him and let people call him names and beat him beyond uh, recognition, pull the hair out of his beard and uh, call him terrible things, accuse him of things that he uh, never did and uh, hated on him. And he died the most horrible death that you could endure at that time. And he was willing to do that so that you and I could have a relationship with his father. Because he knew we can't do it. We can't uphold the law. The law is there to show us our sin. But guess what? We're all slaves to that sin. We need a Savior. We need the blood of Jesus to cover those sins. Would you pray with me right now? If you're watching this video, uh, I want to encourage you. I never want to leave and not give an opportunity for somebody to give their heart and their life to Jesus Christ. And so right now, if you're watching this, I want to ask you to do something for me. I want you to lay down your pride, quit thinking so hard about it, quit thinking about everything. So many people feel like, well, I've got to know all the answers before I come before I come to God. And I'm here to tell you, you will never come to God that way because God says his ways are higher than our ways. If you can understand everything about God, then you're on equal footing with God, and that's not the way it is. So we will not be able to understand everything about him. But my friend today, all you need to understand and recognize is you're a sinner. I'm a sinner. I cannot pay for my sins. I need Jesus. I need the blood of Jesus. I need what he did on that cross for forgiveness of my sins. So right now, that's you. If you'd say, Mark, I, I don't. I honestly don't know right now. I don't know. Um, maybe you're one of those hope so Christians. Well, I sure hope I'm good enough. Listen, that's not good enough. You're basing it on you and being good enough, and that is not salvation. Salvation is by the blood of Jesus and what he did on the cross for us it, through him and him alone. It's Jesus plus nothing, what he did for us. I don't go to heaven because I'm good. I go because he is good. So pray this prayer with me. If you would pray it in your heart and your mind and mean it from your heart and your mind. Uh, dear Jesus, right now I admit that I'm a sinner. And Lord, right now, the best way I know how, I just cry out to you and I say like the thief on the cross, remember me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. And I ask you right now to forgive me of my sins and save me from myself. Lord Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me and I accept that right now and I ask you to forgive me and to help me live for you and to change my life Lord I want to I want to repent I want to turn the other direction and I just want to start living for you I ask you in Jesus and thank you for what you've done for me amen I encourage you today you prayed that prayer today uh, tell somebody I really wish you uh, would encourage you uh, to text me message me uh, any kind of way. Uh, my cell phone is 903-399-3284. If, uh, if you would like to text me and just tell me that you prayed that prayer, I would love to, to be able to pray with you in person. Uh, but uh, we celebrate that. What greater time uh, in, uh, in our lives to give our lives than on Easter Sunday. And I want to encourage you today, spend time with your family, spend time uh, with those that you can be with today, and uh, celebrate. Read the story. 
uh, read the story uh, of, uh, of our Lord and Savior, and uh, you can read it uh, from uh, uh, from Luke or from uh, from Matthew, and just read about what Jesus Christ uh, did for us and what this day really means as we celebrate it. I love you. Happy Easter from my family to yours. I love you very much. Can't wait to see you. Can't wait to be with you in person again. Uh, keep the faith. Uh, keep loving the Lord, and uh, let's uh, let's let the Lord uh, bring this virus to a close and uh, we trust in him we know that he's good and uh, lord we just we trust in you uh, god bless you i'll see you next week